Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex Cloud is for businesses of all sizes, from small and medium-sized businesses all the way to enterprise. You can find out how Vertex can help your business by visiting them online at vertexcloud.com slash futurecommerce. Future Commerce is brought to you by Omnisend. Omnisend is way more than just email marketing. Drive more sales and combine more channels with one platform. Learn more about Omnisend today at omnisend.com slash future commerce. Future Commerce is brought to you by Gladly. What if customer service could feel like a conversation between friends? Well, Gladly is a radically personal customer service platform that puts people... Yes, people at the center of a single lifelong conversation. By enabling B2C companies to focus on people talking to people, Gladly powers a lifetime of conversations across every channel, from phone, email, text, chat, and social media. See what a truly customer-centered platform looks like today at gladly.com slash futurecommerce. And welcome to Future Commerce, a podcast about cutting edge and next generation commerce. I'm Philip. And I'm Brian. And Today we are doing part two <laughs> of our part nine two. by nine. <laughs> part two of our nine by nine. It only took us like five weeks to get back around to it. Sorry <laughs> to keep you all waiting. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, it's imperative for you to make sense of what it is we're talking about. And, you know, we, we like every episode to be standalone on its own. You're going to have fun this morning. You are. You're going to love this. This is going to be great. But to make sense of it, go listen to episode 165, which is, uh, was published on uh, July 10th, 2020. And uh, that sets up uh, what the 9 by 9 is. It covers the first four categories of the 9 by 9 in our uh, report that we put out in the spring of 2020. And, uh, and, and it got so much press, um, you know, uh, every, like, all, like all the things. Uh, very beloved. We have about 40 minutes to cover five categories today, so it's going to be a bit of a whirlwind. I encourage you, if you want to check the report out for yourself, go check it out. Download it right now at futurecomics.fm. I feel like I should be pointing to something right now. Pointing I know. To something, it's a weird it's not, YouTuber not, thing. It's yeah, like, we're right not here, smash that, yet, that yeah. like button. <laughs> Give us a thumbs up. Uh, did I ever tell you about the the kid, um, this this tweet I found that the, the guy went over to his friend's house, and as he was leaving, his, his friend's four-year-old was like, Bye-bye. Like and subscribe, because he thinks that that's how you say goodbye um, in the modern context. kind of scary, I guess. I mean, I guess, like, one of my my youngest first words was Alexa, so I can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) That's often cited on this show. That's that's come up more than once. Uh, Just to finish the thought, if you want to download the report, Go to futurecommerce.fm slash nine by nine. That's futurecommerce.fm slash N-I-N-E, B-Y-N-I-N-E. And today, so we're going to kick it off with purpose-driven brands. And what I kind of love about doing these categories now, some months later, is we have a little bit more clarity on on sort of the the last few months of how they've their stories have unfolded. Uh, a purpose-driven brand. Brian, what is a purpose-driven brand? Well, purpose-driven brands... Uh, really focused on having a an alignment with their worldview. So they're they're actually stating a purpose behind their brand, a worldview, a, a specific bent towards something. Um, mm-hmm. And they're and they're providing that to their customers. 
And so it's, it's transferring from them to you, their purchaser there. Uh, and it's, it's for purpose-driven brands. Consistency is key. Um, this is, uh, something that should be, they should be single-minded in mm-hmm. their pursuit. Um, and so, um, specifically when it comes to purpose-driven brands, we're seeing, uh, more and more purchasing based on your lens that you view the world, um, especially with Gen Z and millennials, uh, we're seeing more and more purchasing towards this. So this is an extremely important uh, part of the nine by nine in that uh, it's the actual driver for which someone will actually come engage with your brand. Um, and so uh, the, typically these brands are making it clear what kind of world they want to build and they're actively working to achieve that. Yeah. Uh, uh, as Sandra Capone said, uh, who we, we quoted in the nine by nine and uh, she's the co-founder and CEO over at Good On You, which is an Australian brand rating agency that focuses on fashion. She says it just goes back to having a core purpose and a core connection to the person mm-hmm. that your brand is intended to serve and the problem that your brand is intended to solve, right? And that's that kind of sums up uh, everything. Let's dive into some of the, the uh, companies that made the list. I mean, obviously, if you, if you had to think of... Uh, if you had to think of a storied retailer who has really had such a, a, a clear and defined purpose in how they see the world. And see, you may have thought when we were talking about <laughs> purpose-driven, that was only sustainable brands. I think that's one, one side of it. Yes. It's one part of it. Yes. But brands like REI, who came in at number one on our purpose-driven brand list, it, are doing so much more than just you know sustainability and ecology. They're, they're, they care about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I- I think we wanted to add REI in, uh, you know, at the top and yeah. in this category, REI could have kind could of have so many, many categories. Many the categories. Right. They're such an incredible company. It's such and an again, incredible company. Uh, uh, encourage you to but, go back and listen to part one if if you're a little lost because, you know, one of the chief criticisms here is like, can you really just put these any one of these brands into just one category? A brand isn't any one thing, right? And we recognize that, right? That's that was actually our, our the thing that was hardest for us. Um, but w- w- what were some of the other brands? Uh, yeah. And why would, why would you say that they made the list or what are some standouts here? Yeah. Well, and, and just to, to finish my point about REI, I oh, think sorry. that there's something that's really, really important here, which is, Hey, retailers, like you can do this. You don't have to be a, a direct consumer brand. Okay, they're a retailer. Right. right. They're a retailer. Retailers can have just as much purpose in the world as anyone else. <laughs> you know what's interesting and, is that they're and with their co-op model, I think that that's they're they're truly differential. But they've been around for like a hundred years, guys. Like they're not trying to achieve scale in three years or five years and then exit and go public. Like they took the long approach to building a long. Uh, uh, yeah, they took the long view with the customer and they built a sustainable business in, in many senses of the word over a long period of time. So they were I like how me. long you made that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wasted half this podcast just making that one point. Allbirds <laughs> obviously makes the list uh, at number three. Yeah. One that I thought was really, really interesting, a couple call outs for me. And then I think one of your favorites is on the list here too. Yeah. Um, 
We, uh, Bowery Farming was an interesting submission for us. Uh, they had really not come up on the show before. If you don't know about Bowery Farming, uh, they, they do indoor farming and without pesticides, but they're doing something truly interesting and unique that's very tech-centric, very tech-forward in the way that they're approaching farming. And it's not like, uh, I mean, if you, if you watch uh, Bon Appetit, Bowery has been covered on a number of uh, occasions. What they're doing, I think, is really, truly unique. Uh, they're they're you know using less water. They're producing more food in a more sustainable way with no pesticides. I, I think they're hitting on a bunch of you know on a bunch of uh, really interesting areas of you know of of tech and um, again just being purpose driven. And then the other one for me is Blue Land, which uh, if you've been stuck inside <laughs> watching TV HGTV, Blue Land is now doing advertising on TV. It's incredible to me. Um, but they are, you know, making essentially concentrates and tablets that, and, and you use those to, uh, to refill your cleaning supplies. Um, they started in, you know, uh, surface cleaning, but last week they, uh, at the time of this recording, we're recording this on, uh, what is the month that we're in now? It is July 31st. <laughs> uh, and so as of right now, they, they uh, just recently put out a laundry category. So they, they're now in laundry detergent as well. And this, you know, this concentrate model allows them to ship less water around the globe and ship reusable containers for people. So um, that's their particular approach. I really like them and their founder. I really like to get them on the show at some point. Yeah, by humankind, another one trying to eliminate uh, single-use containers. Super, super cool, super important. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, there were some really cool ones down here for me as well. Uh, I, I got to uh, interview Coulter from Sunday uh, a while back. For the Actually, lawn care company, yeah. Yeah, I met him back at Etel West when we could all get together. <laughs> um, <laughs> And had Which a, feels like a, many years ago, but it was actually in the same calendar year that we're in right now. I had such a genuine conversation with Coulter and just the, the passion and commitment that he brought mm. to it and a very like realistic view as well. Like just a, uh, just a, a better understanding of, of home and garden from a philosophical perspective. Yeah. Um, which allowed him to create a product that what like played into that. And uh, I, I just, I love seeing founders that can understand the the point of something the real point of something and then build up a, a product that helps advance that <laughs> so cool yeah i just uh you know i i we gotta keep we gotta get moving but yeah you know i i feel like we could probably do one particular episode on every one of these but to be honest with you know. you know um We've got, we, like, we're putting out such incredible content and reports. And now that uh, I feel like we just don't spend enough time on each one of them. But uh, that is a, a problem that we will need to <laughs> on solve. On to the next category. Uh, uh. Well, <laughs> this is the most probably maligned or like misunderstood. Misunderstood is the right word. Not maligned. Well, we, we named the category the problem. That might have been the problem. <laughs> well, it's it's like when you're trying to, it's like, stop trying yeah. to make fetch a thing. Like, <laughs> I feel like, you remember Mean Girls, like, fetch yeah, is not, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, fetch is not a thing. It's not, nobody's going to use the word fetch. I feel like we tried really hard in the last couple of years to make late stage retail a thing. 
um, which is, you know, it's, it comes from late capitalism, uh, or which has then sort of evolved uh, colloquially to late stage capitalism. Um, sort of like, you know, this like we all have a disease, it's capitalism, and we're in later stages of it. Um, but the so, idea of late stage retail, what is it, Brian? Yeah, so the, the idea of late stage retail is that, you know, as e-commerce uh, has developed and as retail has developed, sorry, I should say, as retail has developed, uh, we are seeing a more and more moves to try and capture attention and dollars with basically not so uh, not so great techniques. So dark things like dark patterns, subversive techniques, hyper personalization, FOMO, like just all kinds of things where it's like, oh. You you didn't sign up for our email address or our email subscription. You must not like discounts. Yeah, like, and they force you to click on the yeah. like. I'm a horrible person because I don't like yes. discounts. Uh, yeah, button. I hate the environment if I don't sign up for this newsletter. Like, <laughs> and I think it comes down to like the normalization of those techniques as best practices. Like, this is the mm-hmm. best way for you to uh, to run your business because these are the things that you know. Uh, it's, we call it conversion rate optimization. In reality, it's like, you know, customer persuasion through subversive means. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, now, the, the one thing I'll, I'll say about this category is that I feel like this is actually seeing some attention right now, simply because a lot of brands that have engaged in, in some pretty dark practices are, are bumping into a big wall right now. I feel yeah. like people don't have time for that. Um, and we're seeing brands that it, have have maybe not the best uh, practices in their supply chain or that don't treat their workers the best or that haven't gotten in you know out ahead of um, taking care of the environment. Um, which are all part of this. Um, yeah, we're gonna we're yeah. gonna probably spend an inordinate amount of time talking about one on this list that now, <laughs> having had some time and having gone through a couple social movements and revealed some data about it, we probably would have rethought. Um, but well, it's, at the time, it, it didn't. Yeah, it wasn't clear. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't totally clear. And I think some of the concerns around it had like been put to bed at some point. But let's 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 talk about it because I think that's worth talking about. In fact, it might even just. I hope it doesn't dominate the whole rest of the show, but it probably easily. No, 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 no. Let's talk about, let's talk about something that's good first. Well, yeah, let's do that. But I I just want to read from the report real quick because I think it's really interesting. This I think captures late stage retail. These retail heroes are seeking to uplift underserved communities, create and market sustainable products, pay their employees a living wage and treat their suppliers ethically and fairly. They're the founders of numerous DTC brands who are focusing on sustainable and ethically produced products, B Corp certified companies, and even members of the Business Roundtable, which recently redefined the purpose of a corporation that speaks directly to our future commerce values. I think that really kind of captures what late stage retail is all about. And if I had to think of one, Patagonia is at the top of that list. Patagonia yeah. as as a storied retailer and and and, and as a brand like a, a manufacturer of, of goods um, and then later as you know a retailer in its own right Patagonia stands for something uh, yeah. and and you know if you've ever listened go listen to the how I built this interview um, it, it's it, it was born out of the idea of uh, repurposing and keeping pieces for life. 
and standing behind your products with such uh, uh, fervor that someone could realistically buy something once and keep it forever. Uh, that would that obviously is a really difficult thing to achieve. And if anybody has tried to do that in in a in a in a way that has made a mark on the culture, I would say that Patagonia has done that. They have led the movement of uh, you know countercultural black anti Black Friday. Uh, type events. They have stood very, very uh, firmly against um, uh, the encroachment of uh, federal property on native lands. Uh, they've stood against, they've stood for um, yeah. Black Lives Matter. They've, like, they have taken cultural stances to their own detriment. And I think that really epitomizes a brand that uh, really has uh, captured the values of what we would call, you know, you know, the opposite of late stage retail. It's making sure that you do right by people all the way across the board. Even the when, across. even when, it, and, and even to your own detriment. And that, yeah. that, because in the end, I think you, the way that you achieve success is to always do the right thing. Yeah. Yes. You always do the right thing. And that, that is so hard to do today because the right thing sometimes is very muddy. It's very unclear. The right thing sometimes can result in just marketing hype and not actually like the right thing right. is to put your values front and center. But what happens if not everything else lines up with your values, Brian? That's <laughs> you end up like Everlane. <laughs> yeah, which which is number three on our list and probably the thing we should talk a little bit about. Um, yeah, I mean it's, it's it's interesting, and this is something I want to you know kind of talk about, like the 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 fact that you know Everlane made this list is the fact that we believed them. You know, and, and I think that that's something that's really interesting that if you fall in this category and then you don't deliver, you're going to receive more criticism than anyone else because you are put, you're saying we are doing right by people. And yeah. so if you do not put your money where your, where your mouth is, you're going to fall from grace quickly because you're, you, you can't make all these claims and have people buy into this and then effectively bait and switch. Right. That, and, and that's what it is. It's like, it's, it's, you're taking, it's advan- you're taking advantage of, of people's values for a marketing campaign. Yes. Uh, and you're held to a higher standard as a result. And they not only has Everlane, listen, no one's above criticism. I think every brand has its shortcomings. A hundred percent, right? There's always room to improve. There's always room to grow. Uh, the fact that Everlane has so much criticism. Uh, in fact, there's, uh, you know, at the time of the writing of this report, uh, the, the chief criticism of Everlane was that they were uh, trying to break up a unionization effort within Everlane. And yes. uh, from its own employees perspective, they had laid off a number of workers at the beginning of COVID. Uh, and the workers had uh, created an Instagram account that very, I think, you know, very emotionally, uh, and maybe accurately described what it was like to work inside of Everlane. And having been at a startup, you know, I was sort of dismissive of the idea of like, can this really be targeted you know, I've worked for a startup before being asked to work long hours, being asked to put in extra time, being asked to sacrifice on behalf of the company. These are all parts of being startup because your sacrifice eventually could, you know, pay off in some way. You know, that company grows up, it gets acquired, it gets, you know, it goes public. There's exit optionality for a business like Everlane, who was the first 
to sort of preach radical transparency. Um, well, it just turns out that it's just a bunch of BS. Um, that, like, you have to believe people. And I think I, I yeah, I think that uh, rethinking the list at this point in time, Everlane probably should not be on this list because oh, yeah. their, you know, their values, uh, it seems from a wealth of sources and from a lot of in- journalism, uh, the New York Times had a piece just five days ago about, uh, you know, the an- unraveling of their um, of Everlane's, you know, false claims around transparency and so how what it's done to quiet workers. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's uh, it's all very problematic and probably something that even if even if time will tell and prove them as not being the bad guys uh, at a pr- particular point in time when this list was published, they probably shouldn't be on or at the top of this list. Yeah, I would say so too. Future Commerce is brought to you by Vertex. Vertex Cloud is the automation platform for tax calculation and use tax and everything in between for businesses of all sizes. From SMB all the way to enterprise, businesses all over the world trust Vertex for their tax calculation needs, and you should too. Check them out today at vertexcloud.com slash futurecommerce. OmniSend is one platform to control all of your marketing channels. From marketing automation, SMS, and email, to forms and segmentation, you can bring together different channels under one platform with OmniSend. OmniSend's powerful platform allows you to link together every customer touchpoint with one dashboard. And did I mention they have the most transparent pricing in the entire MarTech industry? Find out why brands like Fred Siegel and Unilever trust OmniSend with their customer relationships. Find out more about OmniSend today at omnisend.com slash future commerce. Gladly is a radically personal customer service platform. Gladly gives customer service teams the ability to treat their customers like people. From knowing their last purchase, their dress size, or even their child's upcoming birthday, all before ever saying hello. Built for the way that people communicate today, a customer and their history are never parted within Gladly. And all conversations across all channels are all contained under a single conversation thread to give agents, the real heroes here, the tools that they need to deliver exceptional customer service experiences. Gladly works with some of the most innovative brands in the world, helping them to deliver a more powerful and more personal experience for their customers. Some of those customers are JetBlue, Toomey, Joanne, Godiva, and Native Shoes, and maybe even you. Don't wait. Find out today what a radically personal customer service platform is all about. Visit gladly.com slash futurecommerce to learn more. You know, what's interesting is <laughs> there's a lot of retailers out there that can't make the claims that Everlane was making about the way that they were doing their business, right? Uh, you're just not able to yet. But being honest about where you're at and yeah. making specific st- uh, actions and t- st- taking specific steps towards where you want to be is better and trying to get out there and say that you are something before you're it. Yeah, I think yeah, maybe, or at least it, 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 at least it, 
it doesn't try to predict it, it's more honest I, you say yeah. better i it, it is probably just it's more honest for you not to lead with your values to try to uh market yourself as something that you're truly not um and the fact that they've resisted calls to answer the criticisms and create an action plan you know i i think it's very telling um if you look at some of the uh if you look at some of the um criticism of Michael Praisman, um, who's the, you know, the founder and CEO, uh, his apology notes are like, he types them up on Apple notes, screenshots them, puts them on Instagram. I don't think that that's like an effective way that a leader should answer these really heavy, um, and, and often, you know, pained and, um, uh, you know, very, I think very emotional outcries from people who used to work there or who have, you know, worked there or anonymously, you know, given tips to journalists, um, Lean Lux had a piece on Everlane earlier this week that basically was like, come on, you guys, we all know how marketing works. Like, let's all get real for a second. We're all as much to blame as Everlane is. Like, don't, shouldn't we all just kind of like stop drinking the tea? Like, let's all, let's all just kind of understand that half of this is marketing and whether you are a fan of the brand or you work for the brand, like you should just know getting into this, that like 50% of this is BS. And I think that that's a really cynical take. Like we, we should be able to hold brands no. to a standard, right? Yeah, no. And, and seeing brands out there like known supply who I actually went to college with Cole Cresilius and oh, you did? he, yeah, he's an incredible person. You should absolutely go watch his Ted talk. Um, really genuinely I'm cares about sure, I, people. I'm pretty sure I saw that already. Um, yeah. I just no, didn't I mean, know I, that you, you knew who he was. As in the general audience. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. But I thought yeah, you were no, just um... talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Cole, Cole is an incredibly passionate person. He started the company uh, knitting. <laughs> he got into, he really got into crocheting. He had like a group of friends. He would just like go up into an attic and start crocheting with. And he realized like this is something that anyone can learn and that anyone can do. And yeah. he, he, I, um, he has this whole idea of radical transparency for manufacturing. And so every single person that makes something for him puts their name on it. And um, it's, it's just really, really consistent, really beautiful, really wonderful company. Um, not many companies out there like it. So that's, uh, that's, that's incredible. Um, if, if I were to, like, this is something that I, I find sort of fascinating and, you know, nobody else would probably find fascinating. That's totally okay. Um, there's a lot of brands here that I didn't expect to make the list. King Arthur Flower in particular, mm-hmm. um, and Abel, who I, I wish actually was higher up, uh, based yes. on the score. They're early up, they're Same. early days for them, but making sustainable fashion and then publishing their annual, I think there are three years in now, um, but, you know, providing job skills to persons of color, uh, specifically to those in po- poverty, and then publishing an annual wages report that is extremely transparent in the way that they pay people. It's is, so good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's beyond good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's truly like, it's truly groundbreaking. And we need more of that in the world. Um, listen, like, uh, other brands that kind of fell below the fold, if Everlane were to have fallen off. I mean, there's some on our list that I was, you know, really, um, that was really rooting for Elizabeth Suzanne, um, Reformation, 
but it has its own problems and and was demoted <laughs> early yeah. days. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 I think that this particular category is kind of uh, wrought, uh, fraught with. Um, it's 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 tough. This one's going to be a tough category, I think, next year on the nine by nine coming back to it, and it's one that we would probably, uh, you know, take a second look at. But at any rate, I think it'd be it'd be interesting next year. Um, you know, as we redo nine by nine, um, to to add a category for like M- MVPs or um M- most improved players, MIPs. <laughs> oh, well, um, I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, having to explain to the press. 15 times what late stage retail is i've come like i'm like maybe this is the one that kind of <laughs> we might have to rethink the the one altogether this category altogether but uh you know what's really interesting because we have to move on um audience first is something that i think nobody really needs to <laughs> nobody needs to uh explain because yeah. i think i think everybody gets the idea that creating an audience and then marketing products or goods or services to them in 2020 is a you know proven success. Uh, Kanye and Yeezy, uh, Emily Weiss and Glossier, uh, Virgil Abloh and Off White. You know those they're they're obvious ones. Topping the list is Disney, which um, can we even argue that? Uh, but the the more imp- the more impressive ones that came out of our uh, out of our research and as nominated by the expert network, uh, were uh, Ryan Kaji's brand, Ryan's World, which you know has yeah. licensing deals and um, has a YouTube channel with millions and millions. I feel like he was the top earner, I think, on YouTube in 2019 uh, with something like 25 million in revenue. Um, Kanmari, uh, Marie Kondo, and obviously, like, you know, what I... Fifth, like five different uh, uh, Jenner Kardashian uh, appearance, three at least. Yeezy, um, Good American, Kylie. Yeezy, and Good American, and Kylie uh, topping the list. Um, well, yeah, Yeezy at number two, um, Kylie at number seven. Good American, which if you're not familiar with, is uh, a uh, an apparel brand um, focused on, I think mostly on intimates, if I remember correctly. No, no. Uh, it's, it's size inclusivity and, and uh, a lot of denim and all kinds of, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. reminding me. Um, yeah. Joanna Gaines in Magnolia is also a standout here, which I find really interesting and sort of the Martha Stewart for this generation. Um, she's truly interesting, uh, and has captured the hearts of a lot of people. Um, yeah. They, what they've built is is nothing less than astonishing. Um, I think that they talk about building an audience and then turning that into a monetized audience. <laughs> like, I think that they're the definition of this right now. Yeah. Um, maybe after after the after the Kardashians Jenners. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 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 content they really truly led with content, and then they understood and took the steps to give that audience more ways they can buy in and yeah. that's oh that's, that's a great transition Brian. <laughs> ways to buy in like just everybody understands audience first if you want to see the full list go over to future commerce well, one last comment before nine. we transition out of that you have to, you always <laughs> Which, have to do one last oh thing. yeah i get a I one had last. the perfect segue brian oh okay fine segue then i'll come back after that <laughs> no don't do that to me just do, just go just go just go uh i um uh paul 
I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name because we haven't talked with him yet. We're going to have to from BK Beauty, um, the founder of BK Beauty. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Uh, real, real supporter of the show. And I, yeah. I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate that. I'm going to say it's Jeregi. Jeregi. Yeah. I, I'm, I know I'm We just need that. to reach out and say hi to him. That's that's what hi, Paul comes J. down to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, he did a poll on Twitter not long ago about like what this category should be called. And actually, it landed on audience first. And I think he actually changed his Twitter uh, to say building an audience first brand, Speed K Beauty, which I thought was really cool. A very nice tip of the hat. Appreciate that, Paul. Yeah, I, I do too. And uh, Paul's very active and is, uh, you know, a year in and has built a, a you know, a very, uh, you know, a million dollar brand in a year. Um, he and his wife, very, very interesting stuff. Love to have him on the show. Paul, thank you for uh, paying attention. Okay, Local Heroes. This is the one. It's six paragraphs about Chick-fil-A. I'm just going to tell you, by the way, you killed <laughs> the, the world's best segue. The segue was... Here comes. Um, the segue was, you know, giving ownership to people and buy I think, in. yeah, having, having ownership or, or buying in to something is, is one of the reasons why Chick-fil-A and local heroes tops our list. Because remember there's, there's different types of inclusivity. And I think the different styles of businesses, especially co-ops uh, and uh, employee ownership models and uh, are represented in our nine by nine in a way that I don't think any other uh, brand rating uh, list has ever done uh, in, in any report that Bold I've ever claim. seen. Both claim. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I think that, and I, I believe that to be true because that was the, that's what we set out to do. What we set out to do is not just cover venture back or private equity back brands. We set yes. out to get a more, a more fair representation of brands that are changing our world. That was the nine by nine yes. strategy and Chick-fil-A being a franchise model. Uh, particularly a quick serve restaurant or QSR franchise model has an incredible, uh, has an incredible track record in investing in its local community and allowing founders like business people to, to have a path to a, a real, uh, a path to the middle class with the smallest financial investment you can possibly imagine. Uh, a a $10,000 investment from a franchisee can result in a year's time to a quarter million dollar salary for the founder of that local franchise. It's an incredible story of investing in people and giving meaningful work to people and leading with values. You may not appreciate with those values. There have been a lot of people who have talked about Chick-fil-A's values and we're not necessarily qualified to talk about that. What I will say is that I feel like the good on the whole for a lot of people outweighs the bad. And, uh, and so, and I'll let you be the judge of that, uh, in our expert network submissions and in our, uh, qualifying rubric in our scoring system, Chick-fil-A came up, uh, you know, came up very high on the list because, you know, despite cancel culture, uh, Gen Z seems to eat their chicken regardless of the values, almost in an ironic way. Um, and also, like the amount of money that they've given back to COVID relief, the way that they've uh, invested in things like local hero nights, the fact that they are n- the second largest fast food chain in the chain in the United States um, at eleven billion dollars in revenue uh, in in twenty nineteen, uh, which is which supersedes even Starbucks. They're they're really hard to ignore when you're talking about brands that invest in in local communities. Um, 
So that's me ranting about why, because I feel like we had to justify it. But I think it's a really interesting model and franchises are often overlooked in the way that they help, in the way that they help uh, uh, provide, you know, provide a a path to the middle class and maybe, you know, path out of middle class for a lot of people. So yeah, I think Ace Hardware is another really interesting one. They've got a really interesting model Mm -hmm. allows for local ownership as well. And that's why they made this list. Um, Yeah. Super, super interesting. Also like a, if you look at the the time frame in which, and we can't spend a ton of time on this, I think a hundred clubs can take up some of our time. But um, <laughs> you know, these I, I think if you also look at the the brands that are on here, I think they're a product of the time in which these surveys were conducted, and which spanned into some of the early days of, of uh, coronavirus. And um, and I think, yeah, looking at at uh, brands like you know, Publix that show up here, that's a privately owned company for 75, 100 years in, in, in South Florida or in Central Florida. Um, I think that that's also a really interesting, they were early, uh, you know, early in the, um, uh, the fair wage uh, grocery uh, movement. But listen, um, if I had to point one out for your own benefit, go look at Thistle Farms, uh, Becca Stevens. Uh, they've created a brand that is carried in a lot of retailers, including Whole Foods, which are creating products that are uh, giving work to uh, survivors of abuse and uh, and like 100% women and, uh, and female uh, uh, employee uh, uh, base. I think it's a really interesting business to appear alongside these others. Uh, and now I feel very pressed for time. I went and spent way too much time. <laughs> Sorry, Brian. No, 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 uh, no. This is this is a really important category, uh, and I can't get away from this category without mentioning Costco. Yeah, there's whom I love. <laughs> uh, deep extra, deep love extra, for Costco. Yes. A deep, deep love for Costco. I heart Costco. <laughs> I did a little heart. I love Costco. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting about Costco is that in, in the areas where Costco goes in for the people that subscribe to Costco that are, that are part of that community, it, it actually like, it is literally like almost a hangout place. Like people go there and they see their friends that the, like literally they'll walk in and be like, Hey, George, like it's, it's this happens all the time at Costco. If you go to Costco, if you're a Costco member, you know what I'm talking about. Costco stand. That is, I've I've never. I I'll just say I go to Costco at least once a week. I've never had that experience, but I'm glad that you do. How have you not had this experience? I don't but know. Anyway. I, I don't live in a small town. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Costco. Maybe, maybe Costco I have too many friends. Like, yeah. Maybe I have too many friends. You're, the, you're a friendly the, guy. I'm not. So that's, that's totally okay. Um, the th- that's not why Costco made the list. Actually, the way, reason Costco made the list is because they are also a pioneer in in wages and in like supporting the local community and you know doing doing what's right. And yeah, they've received a fair share of criticism for some for some things, but um, in general, Costco is net positive on communities and people's lives in in those communities. So. Yeah, and speaking of net positive, uh, you know we rounding out the nine by nine, the very last category here is 100 club. We cannot mention 100 club or what it's about without tipping the hat uh, to Frank and Eileen's founder, Audrey McLaughlin, who we had on the show. Uh, She said this phrase and it just stuck with us is that, you know, the hundred club is defined as a business having raised no outside capital, no outside capital in exchange for giving up an ownership stake in the business. 
And uh, you know, Audrey's mission was to educate female founders that small percentage of VC funding goes to women. And that results in many female businesses relying primarily on funds from friends and family or other traditional non-dilutive loans. Uh, I think you know, we went ahead and expanded this idea of the 100 Club uh, to include ESOPs or employee stock ownership plans, trusts, uh, or other co-ops, right? Um, and, and when we broadened it out, the kind of businesses that, uh, you know, that were really exemplars of this model of taking a very long path to prominence, it, it, it's really, truly inspiring. Um, you know, so Frank and Eileen does make the list. Uh, congratulations, Audrey, uh, scored uh, at uh, number six on our list, uh, right next to uh, Farm Girl Flowers, who I know you had a, a wonderful interview. A wonderful interview on the show not so long ago, um, and then you know if you if you pay attention, I, I would say we have uh, of all of the categories we have most representation of uh, of brands that have appeared on the Future Commerce podcast. Um, Industry West uh, CMO uh, Ian Leslie had shown up, uh, and I think earlier this year in 2020, this has been like, felt like seven years. Um, but he, he came and sat down and told us about how they're building a direct to consumer furniture brand, um, with no outside capital. And, you know, they just re by the way, congratulations to industry West. They're crushing it. Uh, if you follow them on Twitter, you'll see that they're, you know, they're killing it in every regard, uh, in, in, uh, well, in every, in every way, uh, doing a great job and growing that brand. They just reopened their Soho, um, showroom, uh, but one other, like some other interesting stories that we probably wouldn't have time to jump into is like how Shabani made this list. So cool. Went through, you know, went through a traditional, uh, I think a private equity uh, investment at some point and the owner uh, like went through the trouble over a 10 year period to buy back the company and give it back to the employees, um, which I think is just an incredible story that should be celebrated. Um, that's a beloved uh, brand in at least the United States here uh, and have created a whole category uh, unto themselves. Um, and, and other, other call outs, Brian. Yeah. Uh, Spanx, uh, really interesting. Sarah Obviously, Blakely, yeah, that, like, the t- <laughs> that's the story, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I know Audrey called her out. Um, it's just, uh, just the, the, <laughs> her story and then she's been posting some stuff on LinkedIn lately that I've just, I've been blown away by where, you know, it's like, she didn't go into it with the business plan. She went into it with, you know, passion. She kept it simple, you know, followed the, the Occam's razor sort of thing and, yeah. and, and just built, she built it. Like it, it was, she didn't need help. She just did it herself. And that is so admirable. Um, Blown away by that. The other one on here that I think is really interesting is Eileen Fisher, who is who who we we actually like ended up stealing from another list because she is just incredible. Um, the the quotes from from her about why she decided to go um, with employee ownership as opposed to going public, just she incredible. she incredible. Incredible, so principled, so thoughtful, so caring about her people and her brand. And um, that's the beauty of 100 Club. You have the ability to stick to the core tenets of your brand 
and not sacrifice them for a bunch of suits <laughs> and a bunch. Yeah. I think yeah. that there's a quote right there <laughs> for a bunch of suits. Uh, I love and that. For, and for a very demanding public that, you know, if you take your, your, your stock pub or your company public that, you know, they're demanding quarterly results that are going to sort of influence you to make decisions that maybe you shouldn't be making. Hmm. This is a, uh... This has been great. I, I hope you got something out of or learned something out of nine by nine. I know we sure did. It was the result of six months of research, and um, you know, and and really partnering with so many different people, uh, getting different people to weigh in and help us develop uh, our score. More on the methodology can be found at uh, by downloading the report. It's uh, toward the end of the report and uh, our qualifying criteria. It's definitely first effort, and uh, we did not expect you know GQ and ad age and and retail, yeah retail dive and you know yeah we didn't expect uh, sourcing journal and everybody else and their mom to cover the report as well as they did we were like homepage on gq for like 10 days um and so very many tweets uh, <laughs> like uh my it's humbling my, it's yeah, really humbling it's to have a first effort <laughs> for a first effort and uh <laughs> certainly something that we'd love to try to replicate but have no idea how to do uh but you know it's one of those things that i think just resonated with people and we're very proud of it i'd love to hear some feedback we want to make it better and we want you to lend your voice to it and yeah one way you can do that go Get the report right now, futurecommerce.fm slash 9 by 9 That's N-I-N-E-B-Y-N-I-N-E. And when you do, you'll get an email welcoming you to the Future Commerce Insiders uh, uh, community. And in there is a link to our Future Commerce Expert Network. Uh, we'd love for you to go and join that expert network on LinkedIn. And uh, our expert network gets involved in qualitative research for all of our reports. But as we start looking at what the future of 9 by 9 might look like in 2021, uh, we would love for you to help us develop that. If you're a brand operator, a founder, a VC, uh, if you're in finance or in operations, in any way at a brand, we want you to help us. And uh, we want you to join that network. So go do that right now at futurecommerce.fm slash 9 by 9 Brian, last word. Uh, I think you've already given the word that I wanted to give, which is uh, next year, we are very, very excited to engage more people in this process. Um, and... Uh, as as you know, you walk away from this episode. Um, be ready to start hearing about this sooner. I mean, we spent <laughs> we spent like six months making this report. Um, so yeah. come come end of Q four, expect to start hearing some more stuff about this, and and um, we'd love to to get your voice and your feedback about how to make it better. So please, please, please provide some feedback to us. <laughs> this is us begging uh, you. We're on yes, our knees. Begging you. Please now, help us. Uh, it's a lot of work. Uh, no, thank you for listening and thank you for uh, you know being part of this journey. We've got so many cool things coming up. Uh, keep paying attention. Keep sticking around. Make sure you subscribe everywhere podcasts are found or on your smart speaker. And uh, remember, we can shape the future together. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Chris, roll that out for music right here. <laughs>